Hi, I'm Dagi Dawit, and this is my podcast. Welcome to another episode of the Talent Listing with Dagi. I usually love to deconstruct best ideas used by the world-class performers that I can use from people who are at the top of their field. Entertainment, politics, business, sports, you name it. In this particular episode, I'm going to share an overarching strategy that has been used by the many of the greats. It's interesting to think about the things you want to accomplish in life and work towards those goals. This is, after all, what we've been taught to do since birth. But over time, we accumulate other habits and end up spending our time on things that are not important to us. Jim Collins, author of the business classic Good to Great and Great by Choice, suggests an interesting thought experiment to help clean the windshield, so to speak. What would you stop doing? Please enjoy this description and exploration with Jim Collins from Good to Great. The Stop Doing List Do you have a to-do list? Most of us do. I imagine you do. Now, do you also have a Stop Doing List? Most of us lead busy but undisciplined lives. We have ever-expanding to-do lists, trying to build momentum by doing, 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 and then doing more. It rarely works. Those who built the good-to-great companies, however, made as much use of stop-doing lists. They displayed a remarkable discipline to unplug all sorts of extraneous junk. When Darwin Smith became CEO of Kimberly Clark, he made great use of stop-doing lists. He saw that playing the annual forecast game with Wall Street focused people too much on the short term, so he just stopped doing it. On balance, I see no net advantage to our stockholders when we annually forecast future earnings, said Smith. We will not do it. He saw title creep as a sign of class consciousness and bureaucratic layering, so he simply unplugged titles. No one at the company would have a title unless it was for a position where the outside world demanded a title. He saw increasing layers as the natural result of empire building. So, he simply unplugged a huge stack of layers with a simple, elegant mechanism. If you couldn't justify to your peers the need for at least 15 people reporting to you to fulfill your responsibilities, then you would have zero people reporting to you. Keep in mind, he did this in the 1970s, long before such actions became fashionable. To reinforce the idea that Kimberly Clark should begin thinking of itself as a consumer company, not a paper company, he unplugged Kimberly from all paper industry trade associations. The good to great companies institutionalized the discipline of stop doing through the use of a unique budget mechanism. Now stop and think about this for a minute. What's the purpose of having a budget? Most answer that budgeting exists to decide how much to apportion to each activity, or to manage costs, or both. From a good to great perspective, both of these answers are wrong. In a good to great transformation, budgeting is a discipline, 
of a peculiar type, a discipline to decide which arenas should be fully funded and which should not be funded at all. In other words, the budget process is not about figuring out how much each activity gets, but about determining which activities best support the hedgehog concept and should be fully strengthened and which should be eliminated entirely. Go back to Darwin Smith selling the mills. Kimberly Clark didn't just reallocate resources from the paper business to the consumer business. It completely eliminated the paper business, sold the mills, and invested all the money into the emerging consumer business. I had an interesting conversation with some executives from a company in the paper business. It's a good company, not yet a great one. And they had competed at one point directly with Kimberly Clark before Kimberly transformed itself into a consumer company. Out of curiosity, I asked what they thought of Kimberly Clark. They looked at me and then said, What Kimberly did is not fair. Not fair? I looked quizzical. Oh, sure. They've become a much more successful company. But, you know, if we'd sold our paper business and become a powerful consumer company, we could have been great, too. But we just have too much invested in it, and we couldn't have brought ourselves to do it. If you look back at the good to great companies, they displayed remarkable courage to channel their resources into only one or a few arenas. Once they understood their three circles, they rarely hedged their bets. Recall Kroger's commitment to overturn its entire system to create superstores, while A&P clung to the safety of its older stores. Recall Abbott's commitment to put the bulk of its resources into becoming number one in diagnostics and hospital nutritionals, while Upjohn clung to the safety of its core pharmaceutical business, where, unfortunately, it could never be the best in the world. Recall how Walgreens exited the profitable food service business and focused all its might into one idea, the best, most convenient drugstores. Recall Gillette and Sensor, Nucor and the Mini Mills, Kimberly Clark and Selling the Mills to channel all its resources into the consumer business. They all had the guts to make huge investments once they understood their hedgehog concept. The most effective investment strategy is a highly undiversified portfolio where you are right. As facetious as that sounds, that's essentially the approach the good to great companies took. Being right means getting the hedgehog concept. Highly undiversified means investing fully in those things that fit squarely within the three circles and getting rid of everything else. Of course, the key here is a little caveat. When you are right. But how do you know when you are right? In studying the companies, we learned that being right just isn't that hard if you have all the pieces in place. If you have level 5 leaders who get the right people on the bus. If you confront the brutal facts of reality. If you create a climate where the truth is heard. If you have a council. If you work within the three circles. If you frame all decisions in the context of a crystalline hedgehog concept. If you act from understanding, not bravado. If you do all of these things, then you are likely to be right on the big decisions. The real question is, Once you know the right thing, do you have the discipline to do the right thing 
and equally important, to stop doing the wrong things. Chapter Summary A Culture of Discipline Sustained great results depend upon building a culture, a culture full of self-disciplined people who take disciplined action, fanatically consistent with the three circles of the hedgehog concept. Bureaucratic cultures arise to compensate for incompetence and lack of discipline, which arise from having the wrong people on the bus in the first place. If you get the right people on the bus and the wrong people off the bus, you don't need stultifying bureaucracy. A culture of discipline involves a duality. On the one hand, it requires people who adhere to a consistent system. Yet, on the other hand, it gives people freedom and responsibility within the framework of that system. A culture of discipline is not just about action. It is about getting disciplined people who engage in disciplined thought and who then take disciplined action. The good to great companies appear boring and pedestrian looking in from the outside. But upon closer inspection, they're full of people who display extreme diligence and a stunning intensity. They rinse their cottage cheese. Do not confuse a culture of discipline with a tyrant who disciplines. They are very different concepts. One highly functional, the culture of discipline. The other highly dysfunctional, the tyrannical disciplinarian. Savior CEOs who personally discipline through sheer force of personality usually fail to produce sustained results. The single most important discipline for sustained results is fanatical adherence to the hedgehog concept and the willingness to shun opportunities that fall outside the three circles. A few unexpected findings. The more an organization has the discipline to stay within its three circles with almost religious consistency, the more it will have opportunities for growth. The fact that something is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity is irrelevant. It's irrelevant unless it fits within the three circles. A great company will have many once-in-a-lifetime opportunities. Another form of Packard's Law. A great company is more likely to die of indigestion of too much opportunity than starvation from too little. The purpose of budgeting in a good-to-great company is not to decide how much each activity gets, but to decide which arenas best fit with the hedgehog concept and should be fully funded, and which should not be funded at all. And finally, my personal favorite from the whole chapter, stop doing lists are more important than to-do lists. I will leave it up to you to resolve the existential dilemma about whether to put start a stop doing list on your to-do list. Hey guys, this is Dagi again. You can subscribe to this podcast in Spotify, Breaker, Google Podcasts, or via podcasting app of your choice. Thank you very much for listening. I'll be back with another episode. I hope you will join me. Bye.